This is the Lost Start of Communication, hosted by Molly and Trisha. Before we begin today's episode, I just want to say that we know communication is tough. We hope you've been able to incorporate the tips and strategies we discuss into your daily life. If you feel like you're still struggling or would like individual guidance, I offer one-on-one online coaching sessions for all things speech, voice, and communication. This can include public speaking lessons, which are an incredible tool to mitigate social anxiety and increase overall confidence levels, speaking voice enhancement if you don't love the sound of your voice on tape, accent modification to speak clearly and be heard the first time, and social skills training, which covers a lot of the things that we talk about on the show, but of course would be tailored to your individual needs and goals. On the show, we talk a lot about the content of what you're going to say. With my private coaching clients, I also focus on the delivery, how you say the thing you say, how your tone of voice can affect the way that you're coming across and the way your message is delivered. If you're at all interested in these services, please check out my website, georgiaspeechcoaching.com and schedule a free phone consultation to discuss your needs and goals. I would love to work with you. Now back to the show. Hello, welcome back to the Lost Art of Communication podcast. Today, our episode is inspired by Trisha, actually. So when Trisha and I talk on the phone and catch up a lot, a lot of the times Trisha mentions her personality type based on her Myers-Briggs test. And so that inspired me to think a little bit about my own personality, and I haven't taken the test in four years, and just thinking about how Trisha is so informed on her own personality and how that can inform her, how to talk to others and connect with others. I thought it would be a great topic today to get into how knowing more about our personality types and taking these kind of tests can really inform our communication styles and how we connect with others. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, Myers-Briggs is, like Molly said, a personality test that categorizes you based on four different letters and therefore there are 16 different combinations that you can have and this includes things like introversion versus extroversion are you a thinking dominant person or a feeling dominant person and it takes different elements into account and you answer this questionnaire and then it gives you an assessment based on your personality type so I reference Myers-Briggs a lot because I feel like it was actually pretty accurate to my personality type. And what's really helpful with communicating with other people is knowing their personality type. Of course, taking into consideration that everyone is different. And so no personality test is going to be 100% accurate. No personality test will describe you to a T. Everyone has little variations on this. But Myers-Briggs is one that we can talk about. Another personality test that all of my friends are constantly talking about lately the Enneagrams. I first heard about Enneagrams actually in a leadership seminar and they were talking about Enneagrams for leadership styles and then doing research I found a lot of companies actually have their employees take Enneagram tests or Myers-Briggs so that they can build the best teams because you get to know a person's strengths and weaknesses and how they operate. Another friend of mine is really big into the four temperaments which I'm a little less versed on, but that's one way to classify your personality as well. And that only has four, so it makes it a little simpler. It's a little more general as opposed to something like Myers-Briggs, which gets really particular. 
so I just took the Myers-Briggs test again last night. I took it, the last time I took it was in 2015. And funnily enough, my personality type changed. But when I was rereading and going back onto the website where I took it, the cool thing about it is that they have so many different categories that help explain how your personality type can inform different relationships. So it has strengths and weaknesses overall, and then it has how it affects your romantic relationships, friends, parenthood, workplace habits, and career paths. So it's a really, really good resource to use, and it breaks down how your personality and your habits and your tendencies can inform other areas of your life, which we wanted to get into today. Yeah, what I really like about the Myers-Briggs in particular, is you can check your compatibility with people of other types, whether that's in a romantic relationship or friendships. But it also, it just helps you put things into perspective to learn how other people operate. And I think the reason that I use this a lot now is because my boss in New York would reference the fact that I am so feelings dominant. I remember the first time he brought it up to me, he asked, he's like, are you familiar with Myers-Briggs? And I had taken the test at that point, but I didn't recognize the name. So I was like, no, I don't think so. He's like, okay, well, you definitely would be an F, which means feelings. You're high on the feelings scale. And I was, I said, oh yeah, probably. And he laughed out loud. I was like, no, definitely, definitely. And it's because he was very well versed on that test. And so he knew that that was true for me. And that's accurate. I'm like 76% feelings dominant and very low thinking logic dominant. But it was important for our relationship because he is on the other end of the spectrum. He's very high in the thinking side. And so I would be sensitive about a lot of issues and he would see them logically. But since he was able to recognize in me that I was feelings dominant, he was able to adapt his communication pattern to say, to, to empathize with me and to point out some of my sensitivities when they might be illogical. And so then I, it ended up being a very pleasant exchange. Whereas what often can happen is a feeling dominant person can be offended by what the thinking dominant person says, because the thinking dominant person may be accidentally dismissive of the sensitive person's feelings. So all of this is to say, by knowing more about this stuff, you can realize why another person may be acting the way they're acting. So in my case, I was getting very upset and being sensitive over really little things that in his mind, he had no idea were even significant in the slightest. But once he was able to identify and realize, okay, Trisha's a really sensitive person. She has a lot of feelings. This is important to her. I can't dismiss that. I can explain why it's not a big deal to me, but that made me feel better too, is understanding, oh, he's not doing this intentionally to be mean to me. He just processes things differently. And it made me overall aware of my sensitivities. I'm still a sensitive person, but I'm able to more objectively think about things and rationally think about things. And obviously that changes depending on who I'm talking to. If I'm talking to Molly, who's also very feelings dominant, then my communication style will be different than if I'm talking to someone who's thinking dominant. How did you know I'm 83% (laughs) feeling? Even more than (laughs) me, no way. (laughs) Yeah, and I think it's funny because I was thinking this podcast would go in the direction of knowing yourself, and which we can talk about, but knowing yourself more helps inform how you communicate with others just internally on your own. But I like how you're bringing up the fact that 
by knowing other people's traits and being able to in your brain categorize like these different areas and recognize the dominant side in others, then that informs you on how you communicate with them. And this brings me back a lot to the love languages episode that we had where it just is a tool to help perspective taking. That's what this is. And then we'll talk about the other side of how we know ourselves, but it is a very strong tool in perspective taking. So when you were talking to your boss, he was able to then perspective to like, oh, she is not a thinking person. She or feeling thinking dominant. She is feeling dominant. And that informed how he would communicate with you. You understood he's thinking and that in turn informed how you understood his brain and made your relationship, I'm assuming, stronger, no? Oh, absolutely. Because now it's yeah. now it's like a joke between us. It was like yeah. I'm just like, oh, there's, there's me, all emotion, and him, all logic. And uh, but it's also what's interesting too is you can learn from other people's personalities and it helped both of us shift our perspective on things. And he told me, he's like, you being so feelings dominated made me consider the fact that people aren't all robots and that it made me different with my clients, made me different with my coworkers. And so it's really important to not only say, okay, this is what the personality test says about me. Oh, I identify with that. Here's how I am. But to open your mind to how other people operate and consider if maybe that's, maybe there's some validity to that. I learned to be less sensitive because he demonstrated to me by example, what logical thinking is. And I had a lot of gains from that because I was open to it. And because he was, because we were both respectful of the other person's personality type. So here's the takeaway from this. When you're communicating with someone, in any case, take their perspective. But when you have this framework to understand how they may operate in general, you're better able to objectively say, okay, this person is reacting this way because this is the way they process that certain thing, as opposed to getting defensive and say, why do you always do things like that? Why can't we see eye to eye on this? Maybe you are seeing eye to eye, but the way that you communicate that opinion is different based on the way that you're processing things. And by no means does this mean you have to get along with every single personality trait that's out there. But again, it does help you better understand what their brain is doing. Yeah. And even just knowing me, knowing Molly's personality type is helpful for me to relate better to her. It's especially helpful for people you don't know as well. So for example, like I mentioned before, a lot of corporations are doing this for their employees. That way they can say, all right, let's put all the introverted people in on this role and the extroverted people might be here. And that way you can build the best team. Yeah. So getting into a little bit more about like what the different areas of the Myers-Briggs are, we've talked a lot about there's a thinking side and a feeling side. Those are the opposites of one another. So you could either be dominant in feeling, dominant in thinking. Trish and I are both very heavy dominant in feeling. I just want to point out that it's obviously not black or white. So you have a percentage. Everyone has some thinking and some feeling in them. So it's mm-hmm. not to say like, oh, I'm a feeler. I don't think ever. But it's, just, <laughs> it's where are you on the spectrum? So you might yes, be that's middle a good of way. the road, but mm-hmm. it's helpful to know to what degree someone processes things that way. Yeah. So for example, on that spectrum, there's also the two sides, intuitive versus observant. I am 55% intuitive and 45% observant. So pretty middle of the line with that. 
Another area is extroverted versus introverted, which is a pretty common trait that people talk about openly. The other one, there's two more. There's judging versus prospecting. And then the final one is assertive versus turbulent, which is funny. I am 97% turbulent. I don't remember. Oh, that's like a little add-on. I don't think that counts as the 16 personality. The yeah, it's like favorite. ENFT or ENFJT or ENFJA. Yeah. But, okay, so let's talk about how do you adapt to other people's personality styles depending on your own. And so, first of all, you can take the test and then you can read specifically, okay, I'm an INFP, Molly's an ENFJ, so how do we, how are we compatible? But just thinking off the top of our heads, some takeaways. One big one we can talk about is introversion versus extroversion. So I... I'm kind of in the middle on these two things, but I definitely am an introvert in the sense that I process things in my mind. I do like to process things out loud sometimes, but I need quiet time to reflect versus extroverts are the people that think out loud and they talk to themselves while they're doing stuff and they just want to process things out loud. That can get annoying to me. And so it's helpful to know that about yourself. Say, okay, it's not that I don't like this person, but that's not how I handle things. And so I need, I'm looking for a roommate right now. And it's important for me to be able to say, nothing against you. I need my time alone because I'm an introvert. Yeah, I think the topic of introverted, introverted versus extroverted is a huge personality piece that it's so important to know what the other person that you're interacting with is because there's so many ways to get easily offended by the other persons if you guys are not matching so I think a lot of people can perceive introverts as being really quiet and just um solitary and that's Sometimes the case, but a lot of times it's not. It's just the way, again, they're processing things. And then introverts can take extroverts and then become annoyed or frustrated by that. Yeah, so what you said about accidentally offending people. I remember in high school, I would people would call me stuck up all the time. Not all the time, but I remember there was one particular incident where someone called me stuck up. Like, oh, Trisha's just so stuck up. She won't even talk to us. And in my head, I was like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Like, I'm so intimidated by you. I'm so shy. I was way more introverted then than I am now, but I'm still naturally an introvert. I think at our core, certain things don't change even with time and work on yourself. But that I remember being so shocked by that because I was not meaning to be rude or standoffish but that's how I was coming across because those other people were very extroverted and bubbly and outgoing and they thought by me not engaging with them in that same way they thought that I was I didn't like them and also I think introverts can be offended by extroverts when they're super loud and in your face or may ask really personal questions oh my gosh the nerve of that person to ask me that question but to the extroverted person that's totally normal thing to talk about. And I think that's really important, too. I know um, my roommate and I are different in that way. She, I don't know if she's ever taken the test, but she is extroverted, and she becomes filled up by being with other people, and so she doesn't like doing things alone. So a lot of times I will go on walks alone, or I will be in my room alone, or I will do other things alone, even though this test said I'm extroverted. I think I really, truly am more introverted. And so she will always ask me to do things with her and... Um, like, oh, you're going on a walk and I come with you. And so helping her eventually understand like, oh, I'm going to do this on my own because I need my own time and space for this moment. So I think that's another way that 
knowing and communicating that clearly is important for relationships. Yeah. And all of this is just reminding me that in general, don't take things personally. You want to take a walk yeah. for yourself. Not It has nothing to do with her. So often we take things personally. But I think give, knowing someone else's personality type is a helpful way to not take things personally. And to say, all right, this is how they process things. And this is how I can learn this person, get to know this person better, but also change the way that I interact with them. Another interesting one is the prospecting versus judging. If you listen to our travel episode, we talked about how Molly's very structured and organized when she travels, and I'm more like, (laughs) go with the flow. And here's the P versus J difference. I am a P. I can be a J. So to describe the difference, prospecting is more go with the flow, kind of don't make plans, just see what comes along. J is more organized, structured, plan things out. And I can be that. I can be very organized when I set my mind to something and I have a goal. But for the most part, I don't enjoy that. I like being open and go with the flow and non-committal and things. And so it's an interesting, I think it's important to have that balance in a friendship and in a relationship, honestly. But it's a different way of perceiving things. And so if I didn't know that about Molly, or Molly didn't know that about me, that could cause some tension. But instead, we chose to work with those balances and say, all right, you plan this, and I'll go with it. Instead of being like, wow, why are you making us plan everything? I just want to go walk around. And so it's helpful to be able, again, to perspective take. And then when I did plan something, I did plan a day, I was like, this is a day in Cusco, the end. (laughs) We can just walk around because I knew that was something that Trisha wanted to do too. So we were able to compromise as well. Funny story. I didn't know what those two meant. I thought judging was you judge people. So I was very sad that I was 65% judging. (laughs) No, not at all. No. Okay. That makes me feel better. It's a good thing. It's a good thing to be Jay. Sometimes I wish I was a little more of that. You know, this is also reminding me of the masculine versus feminine energy. Mm, See, there are so many different frameworks we can use to to understand people and to empathize, and that's really what it's all about. You don't have to necessarily know your Myers-Briggs inside and out. I think it's one of the most helpful and most comprehensive ways, but there are so many different options. Something else I really want to get into on this topic is the fact that this framework along with all the other frameworks we've mentioned in previous episodes and this episode, it helps you know yourself better. I think we can talk so much about communicating with others and getting to know other people's personality types, but if you don't know your own and you don't know yourself, you you can't really compare to others. And then I think it's also really important because then it normalizes some things that you might feel bad about because you're comparing yourself to others. So I could easily just see Trisha going with the flow with more things and be like, oh, I'm the worst because I don't go with the flow. I like, um, that's the way people should be. And when I take this test, it's really nice because I can see, oh, I am a type. Other people are like me and it's okay that I am this way. And here are the strengths to that piece that I do have. So it normalizes it and makes your brain understand the benefits of it too. I love that. I felt that way when I was first reading about my personality type. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. And that's characteristic <laughs> of INFPs is we think we're very special and no one understands us. And so it was really interesting. <laughs> so with- every single other person was also reading that and thinking the same thing? Yeah, with same with my Enneagram. And what's really funny about the Myers-Briggs is it says it's 
INFP is one of the most rare. And then I went and chatted with like literally five of my friends. They all were INFP. I was like, okay, we're so rare or we just gravitate to each other. But anyway, it, it does give you, it, I feel like it gives you permission to process things a certain way instead of being so hard on yourself. Like you were saying, Molly, instead of saying, gosh, why am I like this? Why am I not go with the flow? Or why can't I be organized for once? It's a helpful framework. And I think it's important too to, to not take it to an extreme or use it as an excuse. Like for me, I know that being organized is a weakness. I want to be more organized because I see the objective benefits of doing so and I feel better when I'm organized, but I know that because of my personality type, it's going to be a struggle. So it's something I need to give extra attention to. You don't want to just write it off and say, well, I guess I'll never be organized because it's not my personality. It is okay to work on your weaknesses. You don't have to say, well, it's not my strength. Therefore, it will never be. I'm just going to give up. But I think it's a helpful, it puts it into a healthy place so you're not beating yourself up over not having the quality you want, but you're coming at it from a positive place. Say, okay, this this quality is a little bit harder for me because that's naturally how I'm wired, but it's not impossible to attain. And I'm going to surround myself with people that have that quality so that they can help me better myself in that area. That's exactly what I was going to say. You don't feel bad about your own personality traits, but you also can better see your weaknesses to strengthen it. Yeah. One thing I want to caution against, though, as you get into these tests, be careful not to label other people preemptively or, you know, sometimes I'll say something and someone else will be like, oh, it's because they're a six or what? I'm not even a six on the Enneagram, but it's like they'll kind of dismiss something that I do or say and say, oh, well, that's just your personality type. And yeah, maybe there's some truth to that. And it's a healthy discussion sometimes. But sometimes you just want to acknowledge that you are a person and you're not a number or a label or a set of letters. Because every I'm different from every INFP. And every INFP is different from me. It doesn't mean we're all the same person. And so sometimes when we take it to an extreme, like, oh, well, typical Pisces. It's like, well, that's cool that you believe that. But also I'm my own person. I was just going to say, I feel like I hear it most with signs Virgo cancers zodiac that's the word and I feel like that's so easy to fall into both Trish and I are cancers and so I think I've done this before where I've said oh my gosh I'm a cancer I'm so emotional and validating my crying or something like that yeah and I can sometimes use that use it as a crutch Mm-hmm. And so making sure not to do that. And then also when other people say, oh, you're a cancer, that's why you're so emotional, also doesn't feel great. Yeah, especially because not everything is applicable. Like cancers are historically very clingy and I'm not really clingy at all. And so people laugh when I say that. Like, and I also the other thing about this, though, and my friend and I had a good discussion on this is how much of the personality test is who you naturally are, like your natural temperament and personality versus the person that you've become or that you want to become. I think these tests are tricky and can never be 100% valid because we change so much. And subconsciously, I probably choose answers of how I want to be. If I took this test as a child, what would I have been then? Or like, what was my, my natural temperament? If we're talking about the four temperaments, one of them is melancholic is very negative. I'm naturally very negative, but I'm not really that negative anymore because I've learned strategies to overcome that. And so then do you answer the personality test based on who you were as a child and what you naturally are, or is it more beneficial to do it based on who the person you've become? I think that's such a good point because that's, I think, a huge point why my personality trait changed from 2015 to now because who I was in 2015 
is somewhat different than who I am now. A lot of my letters stayed the same, but I am more, I guess, extroverted per this test. And two of my letters changed. And so I am not a different person. I didn't like change DNA, but my experiences and my things I've worked on personally have grown and developed. So that can also inform changes in your personality and that can also make it not as true, I guess, to your core. Yeah. And it's so tricky because sometimes you forget, like I've become more extroverted and more recharged by being around people because I've read research about how important social interaction is. Mm -hmm. But I also could be so happy just spending hours and hours and hours by myself. So it's like, am I? Which one am I? I don't know. And I also don't think it's necessary to know for sure because we're fluid as humans and we're always going to be changing. And that's important to remember in your communication with others as well is people do change. So if you're talking to someone that you haven't talked to in 10 years, don't be surprised if you have to change your communication style with them because people... Oh my gosh. That brings up a fact of, like, when I go home, people still view me as my high school self. Mm -hmm. And so they treat me in a totally different way. And I'm like, hey, guys, nope, I'm now this way. And, like, I've grown so much. And it's frustrating that people treat me as I was in high school when I have changed and grown to this new person that I love more. And I'm being reverted back to my old self. And I don't like that. Yeah. So then I think what you could do in that situation, what we can all do is it's very easy to then regress back to your high school self to appease those other people. So what I would say is be really strong in your communication style. So I recently, relatively recently met up with a friend from high school and my voice has changed since I was in high school because I've done voice work and my whole demeanor has changed a lot and at first I started kind of going back into my high school shell and I was like no I'm gonna own it and he commented he's like wow it's so refreshing to see you now you you've grown so much so we need to remember that people aren't going to take it badly people aren't going to be offended but you have to maybe work a little extra hard and the communication element is the thing that you do have control over you can control the way that you speak and the things that you say and so even if inside you're feeling like, oh, gosh, this is uncomfortable. I kind of want to just be who I used to be. It's that's not if you know that that's not in your best interest and that you've made all these gains that you don't want to undo, commit to the communication style that you currently use and own that. And that's all coming from the fact that you are familiar with who you are and you have done the work to better understand yourself, whether that be through personality tests or your own self-work in any other way. But Trish and I have found that personality tests help us get the ball rolling. Yes, exactly. So the takeaway from all of this is if you do use one of those personality tests or zodiac signs or whatever it is, use that to better understand yourself, but also try to learn the loved ones in your life. What are their personality types? How can you better relate to them? That's the whole point is learning to take perspective. And I also just think it's really fascinating and human psychology is interesting to me. So it can help us better understand ourselves. But remembering that we all are unique individuals and no test is going to be completely accurate. Yes. And as we all become older and older, I found this. It's so much harder to take time to focus on myself. And I find this is a good self-awareness tool because you get to focus on yourself and learn about yourself. And what's bad about that? Nothing. Yeah. And it'll also help you learn if you get offended by someone else and the way that someone else communicates with you, you can understand a little bit better why. 
Exactly. So takeaways for the episode. My takeaway is, I'm probably going to take it from Trisha, but take a personality test, whether it be an Enneagram or a Myers-Briggs. We can include all those links in the bio, but just take it. It's 12 minutes, I think. They say it takes 10 to 12 minutes. Take the time, read it, and just see what you find. Yeah. I'll use as my takeaway then, talk to either a friend, your romantic partner, a family member, some or a coworker, someone in your life that you're having some issue relating to, or someone that you're very close with and you want to understand better, have them take the same personality test as you, and then read about each other's personalities. And then, but with that, Again, take it with a grain of salt and have a dialogue of, do you think this is accurate for you or is it not? And so you can, I can, for example, today go read Molly's Myers-Briggs test that she just took yesterday and see, these are the things that I agree about for you. And here are the things that maybe I think are a little bit different from what the personality test said. What do you think about that? And that really opens up a nice discussion of how you and the other person perceive yourselves as well as the other person. I think that's kind of a point that we made in the Love Languages one, too. It's a great way to open dialogue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Cool. cool. We would love to hear your questions, thoughts, or concerns about personality tests and communication styles in general. Feel free to reach out to us at lostartofcommunication at gmail.com or on Instagram, lostartofcommunication.